Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, for those of you just joining us on the recording, <laughs> we've made some introductory comments, and that's all. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I didn't, I didn't uh, know George's dad, so I didn't have the wisdom to to do it that way. So I fumbled, I fumbled through some explanation of of what it was. You know, trying to walk the line of not knowing all these kids, not knowing exactly all the churches they come from, or whatever. I, I guess I explained it either to her satisfaction or she was just too embarrassed to ask any follow-up questions, one or the other. But she came up to me on the last day of camp and she said, hey, I really want to thank you for teaching that class on Galatians. And then she said, it was really um, educational. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess it really was, right? She learned, uh, uh, among other things, about circumcision. Hopefully something about the, the grace of God and the, and the gospel of, of Jesus Christ as well. But uh, that, that rule in Galatians, right? The content is, hey, uh, all these men in this congregation, regardless of their uh, previous status, need to be circumcised to be right with God. But below that, you know, the process. How, how did we arrive at that? How is it communicated? You know, how is it passed from, from person to person? Um, what, uh, how is it experienced by people in the real world? Right? Which I can imagine... There was some less than happy Gentile men in that context in Galatians, right? How, how is it experienced? All of those sort of process level issues, I think, are also important. So I'm going to share some of the feedback we got. Uh, neither George nor I have an agenda to promote any particular rules. I just want to give you a sense of what some people uh, said, all right? And, and as you hear these, you can think about them both in terms of the content but also what some of the underlying process uh, might have been. Uh, so a number of rules came back about struggles, and uh, here's a, this, this represents uh, a, sort of what people said about struggles. So this person said restoration, uh, being restored, means pretending what happened didn't happen. This person said, anxiety, depression, and fear is not of God. Therefore, real Christians do not feel these things. Now, I suspect that wasn't necessarily an overt rule like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, but it was a rule that this respondent felt very strongly. I, I, I see that overtly expressed okay. speak, a lot these days. Speak to that, Ron. I, yeah. mean, I, I, I see, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time on theology Twitter. Uh, and okay. There are, and there are honest to goodness pastors that you could find mm. their church saying exactly that over okay so I, I i think the first one is more interpretive than the second one. okay yeah right thank thank you for that uh insight yeah, uh, so I, yeah. this one i've told many times okay please it's short yeah went by church marquee many years ago it was on my way to satellite counseling office i won't say where yeah Anyway, it wasn't a church I knew I was involved with or anything like that. On a main drag in a town not far from Asheville, here's what the church marquee said. We are too blessed to be depressed. Mm. Okay. 
That's pretty overt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, similar idea here, only an, a, a kind of an additional layer. Uh, I've, I've got to protect other people uh, from my struggles. This person's talked about my sin by covering that up. So I need to look as if I have it all together. But somebody else said, I grew up in a church where the rule was come as you are. Right? So uh, this person had a very different experience. And one of the things we talked about a couple weeks ago, remember, remember the, the used car versus new car, right? Um, uh, if those two people were to meet and, you know, and have a relationship at some point later in life, there, there are folks here where this was more their experience. And then there are folks that maybe this was more their experience. And you're meeting one another here in the context of, of Otter Creek. One thing I, I noted, yes? Sometimes I think um, that's an age thing, too. I think, like, I'm 61, and I think anxiety and depression aren't really talked about as mm. much like when I was growing up. So it wasn't really even mentioned, but everybody did kind of put on a face because mm-hmm. really, if you did have a, a mental health issue, there wasn't a whole lot of help for it. Yeah. Medically, and there wasn't a whole. People didn't go to counseling. Yeah. People, yeah. it wasn't okay to do that. So I think maybe people today, thankfully, therapy is more acceptable. There's medications to help. Mm-hmm. So maybe the church is changing a little bit that way. Sure. Yeah. I. There are multiple. Uh, what I hear you saying is there's multiple systems that come into contact with, with each other that influence our particular experience. And one of those systems is the time. Uh, it's what uh, nerds in my field would call the chrono system, which just is a way of saying the, the, the date, right? So the time is one of those important things, right? Uh, but then there are other issues of setting and context as well. So yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. One thing I noted was uh, there were other responses that came back less about struggle on the individual level, uh, or maybe I should say internal struggle, and more about what about when something tragic happens? You know, like something happens to you, right? And uh, the tone here, a, a couple of people spoke to that, was about really pitching in and showing up. Right? So one person said, when difficulty or tragedy occurs, church family shows up and supports and brings food, they added. Uh, uh, th- this uh, particular respondent, uh, w- maybe one of the, the most senior of the people who responded to my request, uh, I know he, he grew up in a, in a rural community uh, many, many years ago, uh, and... Uh, fires were not uncommon uh, given the building materials that they had. If the house was destroyed, uh, he was talking, this was in the context of a fire, and you know, if there was a fire, usually it all was lost. The people gave to buy the materials and helped to rebuild. People observed that when someone lost a house to fire, they had a better one afterwards. There was little or no house insurance at at that time. So, Interesting, the tone of, of a couple of responses about external strategy, tragedy, different from the tone of the, most of the responses about internal struggle. It's just really a di- an interesting note, I think. 
Um, I'll show you a few others. Some rules about leaders. Uh, this was probably a staff member at a church, I don't know. <laughs> staff are responsible for all outreach efforts, right? Uh, this was interesting. Those in leadership are never wrong and must never be questioned. Uh, and then this one, you know, this came up last week when we were talking about one way to evaluate rules is by what authority is the rule given, right? And uh, uh, this person said that the rule in their, as they understood it in their church, was God's word is the last best word on any subject, right? Uh, so some interesting thoughts there about leadership. Uh, gender came up. Uh, and probably not surprisingly to most of you, uh, only men can have a voice. There, there were more than one example that were very close to this, right? Only men can have a voice. Uh, and then some, one respondent went the extra mile and laid out that a, there was a double standard that exists of expecting the man to be a leader, but uh, as girls and boys were growing up in the church context, the males were allowed to not take things as seriously uh, and uh, the females were to respect the leadership of someone that they saw as not acting in a way that was congruent with that. Pretty strong. Right? It's a couple of different things there that, that, that could be unpacked, but this is clearly a person who has, has really given some thought into what their experience was growing up. Um, let me just share a couple of others with you. Doctrine. Uh, you shouldn't question. Uh, we are the only ones who are right. Everyone else is wrong. And I, I didn't go back at, to look this time if that was from Churches of Christ or, or from a, another group. Uh, you could draw your own guesses there. Um, <laughs> But look at this one, right? A very different church of origin experience. Everyone is welcome, even those we disagree with. So again, both of these experiences are probably represented in this room, certainly represented in the church family at Otter Creek. Right? Uh, last one I'll share here today is some rules about practices. Uh, this was certainly true in my experience. Building and grounds are a vital part of church. Um, there are five acts of worship, and all must be utilized during every assembly, or we are sitting. Uh, I started my uh, career actually as a youth minister, and I did that for several years. And I, I was that I've been in an elders meeting where this was was definitely uh, expressed. Um, dress is important and then food is a central organizing principle right um, this particular person I, I know is uh, from a southern church because uh, I know who said this uh, that, that may be true in other regions of, of the country as well but food is a central organizing principle. I thought that was, that was really helpful. So again, this is just a small representation right, of some of the rules that, um, that 
we might have experienced in the context of our church families. And again, let me just say for the recording that these came from a group that we reached out to and asked them about their experience. But in each of those, you, you see the content, right? The, the kind of stated subject matter, right? So dress is important. Okay, so there's a, there's a rule about dress code. But there's a lot more beneath that, right? It's not only about the, the clothes that, that we wear. So George and I were talking about examples of this uh, from, from Scripture. And I don't know how many of you are watching The Chosen, but um, uh, there is a, there's an episode of The Chosen that I think does a really nice job of um, bringing to life uh, one of a very good example from Scripture uh, where Jesus is in the field and his followers are picking grain on the Sabbath. So I want to share this with you in just a minute. Uh, as I do, let me tell you, I'm breaking a rule just showing you this clip. I don't know if I'm the only one in here. I don't know if this was a, a un, more kind of a, a more universal experience, if it was unique to the church that I grew up in. But we didn't watch movies or TV shows about Jesus. I never saw Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments when I was a kid. I never saw the greatest story ever told. Anybody know why we didn't do that? I didn't know lots of I ran into something. Instagram or YouTube or something yeah. that it was idolatry because yeah. you were you were you were um how do they put it? Adding to or adding taking to it, away. And you were making yeah. Jesus something in your mind that yeah. you shouldn't or something. Yeah. I don't know. So there's also the graven yeah. image argument. Graven image. Graven image. Right. So I, I don't do this to put any of you in jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, but I, I do think, and I promise that George is going to take us to the actual scripture here as soon as we, we finish watching. But uh, I do I do want to uh, share this if we can get it to if we can get this to work here. Uh, let's see. All right. Um. Out of the way. You have made a mockery of our little synagogue and of Torah. You will tell us your name, your lineage, your... First you, and now your disciples, are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Have you not read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He entered the house of God in the time of Ahimelech, the priest, and ate the bread of the peasants, which was not lawful for him to eat but only for the priests. You would compare yourself to David. It was an emergency. Or have you not read in the law how on Shabbat the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath but are guiltless? That's for Levites. Are you a Levite of priestly lineage? Listen carefully. Something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So, 
the Son of Man, his Lord, even of the Sabbath. The Son of Man. Let's go. That title, Son of Man, seems to upset a lot of people. Why? Tell you later. <laughs> okay. Okay, George. You are. So that uh, that version, this is this occurs in three of the gospels. The version there is from Matthew. Um, and one of the things that as I understand it is you know the the, the rule was uh, to keep the Sabbath, don't work on the Sabbath. But in, in the Old Testament it's, it has some specifics on that, but not doesn't cover everything. So you have to develop ways of, well, how do we, what is, what counts as work? And so what Jesus' disciples are doing, as I understand it, is they are breaking the traditions that developed around that rule. Um, but, you know, Jesus doesn't bring, he doesn't exactly bring that, that part of it up when he's challenged on it. It seems like at first he's saying, well, David broke a rule as well uh, and you guys think David's a cool guy and <laughs> you appreciate him um, and I like in, in the clip they add something that's not in the text about well that, that was an emergency so they had a way of explaining that away So are you, and, and what is Jesus really saying when he brings up the David example is he saying well there, there can be exceptions to the rules from time to time, and this is an exception. Uh, but when he goes on to say that uh, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, which is in Matthew's version, I think this is Luke's version, we have it here, um, and that the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath, and, and given what Jesus does on other Sabbaths where he heals somebody and he's criticized for healing on the Sabbath, and he says, is it, should we not do good on the Sabbath? I mean, so the Pharisees, he's really criticizing their misunderstanding of the purpose of the rule, is I think the basic thing he's saying. So he's giving David as an example that there are exceptions, but I think it's a little, so that may be the content, so he kind of answers on the content part of it, but then I think his overall practice is, is going more to the process and saying, well, let's think about what the rule about Sabbath keeping is really mm -hmm. about. Yeah. And the, the rule of Sabbath keeping is about, you know, rest. And God knows, and I always think of Chick-fil-A being closed on Sunday. That's a great example in our culture. Of, that's so countercultural. And it's so frustrating to me. <laughs> <laughs> but when I think about, he's given up like a billion dollars a year closing on Sunday. That, what, what does that say to our culture? Like, wow, uh, you really are respecting resting on the Sabbath. Now, that can become very legalistic as well. Mm. Uh, and that's what, I feel like that's what Jesus is is saying, something about, do you know the reason for the rules? And if you, it becomes very legalistic if you're just keeping the rules and not, and, and sometimes the rules can even, you know, make it wrong to do something that's good. Um, so what are some examples of Rules that we keep, are, are there examples of rules that we keep in the religious context and we don't really know the reason for the rules? 
And I have a story from my church of origin uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee, Church of Christ, uh, which, and, and I want to share it and then share what happened when I shared this recently in a class at Lipscomb. Uh, so we were not allowed to dance. And in one of the, this is in high, I was in high school, but there were younger kids in the church that were taught this, and I don't know exactly how we were taught it. Uh, I feel like it was probably a sermon, definitely youth rallies, uh, and just family practice where we just were not allowed to dance. And I, I told a student, I said, yeah, I couldn't dance in high school. The church I was going to, I couldn't dance. He's like, well, can you dance now? And I realized he thought, I didn't know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no, you're missing. I, I was not allowed to dance. It's not just that I couldn't. I, was, I can't dance, actually. But I wasn't allowed even if I could. But he did, it just, they didn't get it. They didn't understand the, the example. Um, but there was a, a little kid in our church who they were, I think they were marching around. This is how I heard the story. Jericho, they were teaching them to march seven times around Jericho and they were supposed to be marching and, and one of the kids like I, I can't do that that's that's like dancing <laughs> and the teacher's like well what why can't you do that well why can't you it makes me think bad thoughts and she said well like like what <laughs> and he said it makes me want to steal a car <laughs> <laughs> young we didn't even know we knew the rule and we, we didn't even know the real reason I mean we do they made us think bad thoughts but I told that story in class kid raised hands like well what what kind of bad thoughts did the church think it would <laughs> I was like you don't know <laughs> that dancing is licentious activity that causes fornication I mean, not even maybe but must always it's like and nobody in the class, and this is, you know, two months ago at Little School, most of the students from conservative churches of various stripes had no, and finally, a student said, oh, you grew up in Footloose. Wow. Then everybody understood. But it was, it was just amazing to me that they were, <coughs> their church of or I mean, they, what are we doing to our kids? They're dancing fools, apparently. <laughs> they don't know how long it is. <laughs> we need more rules, is what you're well, saying. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Did the leaders and teachers have a balloon that they would stick in between kids who were dancing? Yeah, to leave room for the Holy Spirit. And it was a joke, but at the same time it was, you better not get close to that girl. Yeah. You can touch each other and you know be close, but not too close. Well, I did, it did make me think about, you know, how many rules we had in our church related to mixed bathing and dancing and things like that. And what does that say about our church leaders and their hang-ups or whatever? With what? I mean, it was just, I don't know, it was just surprising to me that college-age students from fairly conservative churches had no sense of what I was talking about. I'm not being allowed to dance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah George, when I, I grew up in the church of Christ, that's the church of Christ. And I'm talking with the mother, and I'm talking to the church of Christ. 
But oftentimes, when people are getting ready to preach, you know, we can't dance. Mother would come home and tell us, that ain't, part of that, that, that ain't in the Bible, that we can't dance. And she would put on music and start dancing. <laughs> <laughs> My mother would uh, The very first dance I went to at a church, this Presbyterian church, Lord Temple, Lord Temple Center, you know, the title was, I went to a church, and I went, in, it was a dance at a church, and I, and I was shocked because, you know, growing up in the conservative church of Providence, I was shocked, but they were playing slow, slow drag music, <laughs> and the lights were there, and you have to choose a very dance, it was almost against my religion to dance. <laughs> but, but my mother told me there's nothing wrong with it. So I participated. And I just think of Well, now that I think about it, I wonder how the culture has changed around dancing as well because there's a new Footloose that came out. So there's a Kevin Bacon Footloose, and then there's the, uh, who's the new guy? Miles. There's a real footloose and another one. <laughs> but my memory in that that new footloose is the kids were driving to the dance and killed in a car wreck, and that's why the preacher is against the dancing. We I teach at a Church of Christ school, and we have a banquet instead of prom, and it's dinner and a slideshow. And I think the kids are pretty sure it's so they won't drink. I don't think the correlation is there, but yeah. but its origin is from yeah. dancing. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna. I had a thought about the process piece. Yeah. Um, I don't remember ever hearing from like the pulpit or sort of church leadership about like dancing, but I remember really distinctly my dad when I was probably I don't know 10, 11, talking about <laughs> my cousin who is a little bit older and also in a conservative church of Christ. She was a teenager, and I remember her him saying she had chosen of her own will, you know, not to go to the church, to the school dance, and how admirable that was. And so it was sort of fed as like, look at this older girl who's like doing the right thing, making this right choice as a teenager, um, kind of on her of her own religion. Held her up as an example. Yeah, that was sort of the way it was yeah. the process. Yeah. I think that's a great example of, of talking about the rule versus the process or the content versus the process. Yes. Because if, if, let's say, for example, she knew, like sort of going back to the drinking thing, if she knew this is going to be people doing things that I think are wrong, not necessarily dancing, but drinking or drugs or whatever, right. then, then yes, she did make a good right. choice there. Right. But if we just take it on the surface as, oh, she didn't participate with friends. It's yeah. Kind of yeah, I love how you're applying the content ver versus process piece there. That, that's exactly what, uh, where I think it's valuable to have those categories. Yeah. yeah. So recently, Post <coughs> Academy, uh, they had an on-campus event and they're not allowed to call them dance, so it's a raid. It's called a raid. Which, which, which is kind of wow. Forget the dance, we're going straight to the raid. Which I think is great. I mean, I think it's a fun event. Do you want to keep talking? So, so, so they skipped beer entirely and went straight to ecstasy. <laughs> I've heard lips give a chance since I was there. I just loved the beer when I was in this. I remember. So the phrase that sticks with me now that we're talking about this, 
is that some of these things were seen to be dangerous because of the slippery slope. Okay. Yeah. It's not quite, yeah, yeah. Why would you live close to the edge? You shouldn't exactly. do that. You should not do anything that's going to be close to the edge of danger. Well, I think there there is a positive of the way I was raised of being countercultural right. because we all are going to be called to be countercultural if we're Correct. living out Jesus in some context. It may not be the name. It may be something else. But so that instinct in me was built in, and, you know, we were, I, was, I knew I was different. I knew I was going to be different. I wasn't going to get to do everything that everybody else did. And, you know, I wonder about the younger generation, how they, you know, because they're going to face that as well. So I'm sure it will come along, but uh, we need to give them practice on that, I guess. Well, I was just going to say, I, I have a lot of fear about my kids growing up. And, um, but I've talked to a lot of people here who have older kids and, don't seem to be terrified that their children are just out there in the world doing whatever. <laughs> um, and the thing that everybody keeps saying is we prepared our children for the world. We didn't, you know, put these boundaries around our children. Yeah. And I think that's like probably a healthier process. To, to quote Pat Ward, prepare the child for the path, not the path for the child. Uh, this is great discussion. Uh, I've made some notes sort of how to pick up on this next week. I, I think it's really helpful the, this question you've posed, and maybe we, we need to unpack this further, do you know the reason for the rules? Right? Because n neither of us are taking an anti-rule stance. Right? But we're, we're taking a stance toward having greater insight into what they are, why they are, what do you want to keep. Remember, this was one of the takeaways that we want to come out of this semester. Okay, what are the rules you identify? If they're constructive, how do you keep them and hold to them? And if they're destructive or problematic, how do you revise or replace them? So um, I think a good place to pick up next week. Yeah, um, we are out of time. Thank you all for your uh, contributions today. <laughs>